Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. This is Jake Martin again with Christians on Campus, and today I'm here with Danny. Hi, everyone. Good to be back again. We're really thankful the Lord is bringing us to the, the end of this semester at Wright State, also Sinclair, not too far behind. This is our last Bible study of the semester. It's really exciting. And our last week of this topic of how can God speak to me or can God speak to me? And so far, just to kind of, again, revisit all the ways so far that God has spoken to us, we've got God speaking through the Word of God, the Bible, God speaking as the Spirit within us, speaking from within, God speaking through the members of the body of Christ, and now God speaking to us in the environment, that is, through the persons, places, and things that are around us, that are outside of our control, that God is allowing, you know, to speak something to us and to reveal himself to us. Yeah, it's it's good with, with this matter to see this is, this is another way God speaks, because our God is sovereign over everything. And on the one hand, we do see, you know, as it tells us in Romans, that creation itself, it just testifies that there is a God. So on the one hand, you have that aspect, creation, just the environment. You look out at the world, you look at the mountains, you just, you know, there is a God, there's a creator. So that is a, a form of speaking. But we're, we're looking at this week a little bit more personally when we go through or just our situations that happen in our life, God is sovereign over these. And many times his speaking will come to us in our environment or in our situations that we are put in. But we need to, just like we've been you know, considering this whole time, pay attention, consider, is God speaking to me in this? Just we, we realize God does, he speaks to us in, in his word. He speaks to us within. He speaks to us through other members. All these, we need to be aware of this. So if he speaks to me in his word, I need to be in his word. If he speaks to me within and in my spirit, I, I need to have times with him where I'm quieted, I'm before him, I'm attentive, listening to his speaking to me, and I need if I realize he speaks to me through the other members, I need to be with the other members of his body. I need to open things in fellowship and be in fellowship with the other members in the same way. This can help us just recognize God speaking to us in our environment. I like that, what you're bringing out, Danny, just that we need to pay attention because it's so easy not to pay attention. So many different things happen in our life. You know, For me, one thing that happened all the time is my cars kept bringing, breaking down. And just each time that would happen, it's like maybe I have no consciousness that God might want to mm -hmm. say something through that. Mm -hmm. I'm just frustrated that my car is broken down, you know, but we, we have all sorts of things happen in our life, not just negative things, positive things. And God is wanting to speak even through those as long as we're willing to pay attention. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could, we could just jump into the Bible and see how we, how do we have this, uh, this understanding of God being able to speak through the environment. We can look at Joseph in the book of Genesis and, and maybe 
I'm sure a good number of those listening are familiar with the story of Joseph, but just in case you aren't, that's okay. We'll, we'll do a little summarization of, of this story just to kind of give a background of mm-hmm. Joseph and how God was speaking to him. Yeah, that's, this is a really good just person, an illustration to use of a real person, you know, in God's word. And it gives us a lot of details of his life. And we can just see the sovereign God and even in his environment, certain ways that God spoke. And so even to start with Joseph, just to give us the background is that he, he had, he, his father was very important, was Jacob. So you had Abraham, you had Isaac and you had Jacob and Jacob had 12 sons. And so he's one of those sons, but he is a favorite of those sons probably not not rightly that his father should favor him in such a way but it was very evident he favored joseph and even giving him a cloak of many colors and and his brothers despised him for this and and actually it's very good in this time to realize he had some dreams even at this time at the very beginning when joseph is introduced in genesis he's he's had two dreams one about the stars and, and the moon and the sun bowing down to him. And then another of, of sheaves of wheat all like bowing down to him. And he tells this to his brothers and to his family. And it's kind of like, hey, I'm, you're, all those, these dreams represent you're all going to be bowing down to me. And so, oh, I mean come on, his brothers already despise him and hate him. So this just extremely adds fuel to the fire. So they hate him even more after he tells this dream, these dreams to them. So while we're here, this this is a really good kind of mix of two of the ways that God speaks, because here mm-hmm. God spoke to Joseph from within in a dream, and then he's faithful just to re-speak this. I mean, he's aware that his brother's don't like him but and then i know he probably realized if i speak the content of this dream they're not going to be happy my brothers that don't like me they think i'm the favorite and envy that how are they going to be happy with me speaking dreams that they're going to be bowing down to me but he was faithful just to speak the content of this dream that god gave him from within and and then now his environment begins to change so they're yeah, enraged mm-hmm. about this. And they say, well, let's just kill this guy, you know? And thankfully, one of the brothers, Reuben, pretty sure it's Reuben. I still haven't mm-hmm. confirmed that. Okay, so Danny's confirming. Reuben was the one who said, no, let us not kill the boy. Let's rather put him in a pit until we decide what to do with him. So they put him in this pit. And it was at this time that there were some Ishmaelite traders passing by and someone had the idea to rather than killing him sell him away into slavery so they sold him and then to cover it up they took a piece of his cloak dipped it in animal's blood and brought it back to Jacob their father and without even needing to say anything Jacob came to the conclusion that Joseph had been torn by wild animals and he's very grieved in his heart that Joseph was killed yeah i mean i could pass it to danny now to do the next part of the story 
And so Joseph now is is sold into slavery. He he actually gets bought and transferred into Potiphar's house, and God's actually still with him. God didn't give up on him. It's God's with him, and so actually blesses him, and he rises to to the top. You would say in in Potiphar's house, and he's he's put over all all the household arrangements, and he's put in this high position. And but then you have another negative situation arises, and that was with Potiphar's wife, who actually found. Joseph attracting and so tried to force him to lie with her and of course he he refuses he's he's righteous he knows this is wrong and so he refuses her and out of her rage and jealousy and anger actually she she lies and she tells Potiphar and everyone else that look he this this servant you know you brought in he he tried to to take advantage of me. And so because of this, Joseph is then wrongly accused and thrown into prison. So now he's in prison. So he, he sold into slavery and it seems like things are going, but then another situation arises and now he's thrown into prison. And so the environment's not looking just outwardly so good for Joseph with the things that are arising in his life. But again, he had these dreams at the beginning, but now he's in prison. And maybe I'll pass it back to Jake. Which is interesting because there's there's a principle here. Like you would think that Joseph, to tell the content of his dream, he didn't do anything wrong. And then the environment says, okay, you're going into a pit. <laughs> then you're going into slavery. Then in Potiphar's house, he's faithful, he's righteous, he's doing the right thing. So you would think, okay, God is going to only bring good mm-hmm. things then, right? But then he gets put into prison. He gets into an even worse state than he was in before. So it's like, what's going on with this? Well, but while he's in the prison, still he's believing God and God's uh, way of an interpretation or, or God's speaking because... There was uh, two men in the prison with him. One was Pharaoh's cupbearer. The other was Pharaoh's baker. And they had dreams. They couldn't find someone to interpret. So Joseph said, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell it to me. They told him the dreams, and he told them the interpretation. The cupbearer was going to be restored to his position the baker was going to be hanged or impaled. He was going to be put to death. And then these things came to pass. And Joseph, before the cupbearer left, he's like, hey, I've been put here wrongly. Please remember me. Do this kindness to me. I interpreted your dream. When you get back to Pharaoh's house, let him know I'm here wrongly. I'd like to be restored. And then the cupbearer forgets. Yeah, so it's, so everything it just seems is not is not going in favor of Joseph like as far as his environment it it seems to get negative that here he finally thinks hey I'm going to get out of prison I've been in here I'm wrongly accused anyway and this situation arises where these two are there with him and he 
interprets the their dreams. The one that is released, he asks him to remember him, but he forgets him. So then he stays in prison two years longer. And maybe to give some context here of the time that has passed. So we're just, you know, telling the story. So when when Joseph was sold into slavery, he was 17 years old. And so when eventually he gets released from prison and he is then appointed to the position over head over all of Egypt, just under Pharaoh, that was when he was 30 years old. So 13 years have passed in this period of time since he was sold into slavery and before you could say his dream, actually God speaking to him came to fruition. It came to reality is that this long period of time has passed. And this, you got to think how much this had to be a test to Joseph in his faith. This is not just a few years past. This is not just like a few months, a few days. This was 13 years. That's a, a big chunk of his life that had passed where he's a slave and he's in prison, just waiting, just there. And he's done, again, he's done nothing wrong. And according to our concept, typically, you know, it's like we think, yeah, if you do right, you do good things. You're a righteous person, which Joseph was, that he, he's actually, you know, even among his brothers, it seems he's the most righteous. It gives accounts in the Bible. His brothers actually do not take the same proper ways that he took, even with the matter of, of lust and other things. Like it shows negative examples with them. But Joseph, very positive, but still his environment just seems wretched. It seems miserable. Like, why would God be putting Joseph through all this? Especially when God's speaking is that his brothers would be bowing down to him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The speaking is really positive. It's like, hey, you're going to have this kind of, not that he was seeking to be in a high position, but it's just a positive dream that you would be, you know, somewhere where you could help other people. I mean, eventually the, the fulfillment of this is that Joseph taking the lead in Egypt had, Pharaoh had a dream that there would be the seven cows, they're really mm-hmm. um, plump and fat, and then there's seven more cows that are emaciated and evil looking, and they eat the good cows, and then the sheaves of wheat that do the same thing. And Joseph interprets the dream as seven years of plenty for Egypt and then seven years of famine. So his idea was store up all the surplus of the food and save it for these seven years of famine so that not everyone's going to die. Well, it wasn't just Egypt that was relying on these stores that Joseph built up, but even Jacob's family, Joseph's other brothers, had to come and ask for this this grain so they wouldn't die from the famine. And this was, when they came to him, they bowed down. This was the fulfillment. So it's very positive that Joseph was able to make these provisions and and he wasn't trying to rule over other people. It's just, he was just in a position of one who had food to feed others, to preserve their life. And he eventually realized this was God's provision 
through all of this suffering, all these negative mm-hmm. situations, mm-hmm. God still intended it for a good purpose. He wanted to preserve life. He didn't want it to take life away. Yeah, and and here y- you see that Joseph realized this. There is a few verses that make this clear because with he went through all this and then eventually he gets released from prison because of the Pharaoh's dreams and he can interpret them. And then Pharaoh appoints him in this high position to take care of this. And so there he is overseeing all this and his family comes to him because they need food. And he recognizes they're his family, but he takes them through some things. We, we, we'll probably just for time skip a lot of those details. But it eventually he reveals himself to them. Like he recognizes them, they don't recognize him. And eventually he he reveals himself, I'm Joseph. I'm I'm your brother. But of course, they're they're terrified. I mean, uh, this is the guy we just sold into slavery, we wanted to kill. What's he gonna do to us? So they're fearful, and he he realizes they're fearful, but he has words for them. And let's there's, there's two portions here. One is in Genesis 45, 5, and it says, And now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. So this, this just makes it so clear that he recognized God. Because it's very easy. You can look at this and be like, yeah, his brothers sold him. What is like... You know, this like he deserves to be angry at his brothers. It's like, what what kind of brothers are these? They like hated him and wanted to kill him and sold him to slavery. But he recognized, no, 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 it was God. You you know, don't don't think you're the ones that is like God sent me. God sent me here, and He sent me here before you. You would come here. He sent me here before you to preserve life. This was in God's heart. This is what God wanted to do. He wanted to preserve life. Wow, that's a really good point. Just how what did Joseph say in that verse? He said, God sent me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like Joseph, if he didn't recognize God's sovereignty, he might just say, you put me here. You guys sold me out. You hated me. Mm-hmm. You put me in slavery. All these things happened. It's your fault that I'm here. And yeah, it ended up being okay. But like, I would have loved to have just stayed in my father's house. Like, why'd you have to do that? He could have thought it about these things from that perspective. But because he thought about it from God's perspective and God being sovereign and allowing these things, he could actually say, God sent me Mm. before you to preserve life. I don't know how many of us could really say when negative things happen in our life Mm -hmm. that God sent us Mm -hmm. to that. It's kind of contrary to our concept. Isn't God a good God? Isn't he merciful and faithful and doesn't he love us? How is it that God could send me into a situation that's difficult and a trial to us? Well, if we realize that God is one who wants to preserve life and God wants to manifest his sovereignty and he wants to fulfill his purpose, then we realize, yeah, sometimes our life is not always peachy. Mm -hmm. It's not always rainbows and sunshine and unicorns. Sometimes it's a hard thing. Sometimes you're in the pit. Sometimes you're in the prison. But you have to cling to the Lord's word that he gave you and believe mm-hmm. in his heart that he's going to work this out for good and mm-hmm. he, he will preserve life. 
And actually, you, you can see that with Joseph when he's going through this trial that he didn't give up. He didn't give up hope or faith in, in what the Lord gave him. He gave him these dreams, which was God speaking to him. And even though when he was in prison, all these years are passing, what God spoke to him has not come to be yet. But he hasn't lost faith in it because it was like you shared, Jake, you, when you read those verses about him having, or even just he had the two others that came and they had dreams. And then, hey, I'll, I'll interpret your dreams. God interprets dreams. And, and so I'll, I'll give you the interpretation of those dreams that he didn't be like, well, God didn't interpret my, I mean, my dream, I thought I could interpret dreams. I thought God spoke to me in this dream, but it hasn't happened. So who who am I to interpret your dreams? Because I don't know if it'll happen. Mine hasn't happened yet. But he didn't have this attitude. He he realized, okay, yeah, I'm sitting here in prison. Maybe I, I look like I'm the farthest away from what what I what God speaking to me was. But I still have faith in God. I have faith in God speaking, and so I will I will interpret your dreams. And then even with the the assurity, what, what I interpret, this will happen. And then he had the direct confirmation right after that, that it did happen. But then even after that, it says he's forgotten. So more years go by, but his faith was still there in God, his faith. And he recognized, even though the environment, the environment, okay, doesn't look pleasant. And in a sense, it's not according to probably his concept of how God God's way, you know, or even God's timing of how he would fulfill these dreams or his speaking to Joseph. He had, he realized, okay, still, I don't understand, maybe I understand how, but, but in this environment, God will still fulfill his word. He'll still do it. Yeah. You mentioning God's timing at the end, it just seems to me that this is what helps us have faith in God speaking to us because Sometimes God's speaking doesn't line up with our timetable, and because it doesn't, then we might question that word. So let's say we're reading through the Bible, and there's a promise there in God's word that belongs to all of his children, but you don't see that fulfilled in your life, and so you might start to kind of doubt the word of God a little bit, like, hey, Mm -hmm. Lord, I know Mm -hmm. this verse says this. I know that I'll be conformed to your image, but when I look at my living, I feel like I'm only in Satan's image. I, I just mm. speak lies and I, you know, I don't want to. I want to be a good person, but I keep making mistakes. I keep sinning. Lord, I, I don't want to sin. Or maybe you get the Lord speaking as the Spirit within, just that something will happen in your life. Maybe there's a person you're really burdened for to be saved. Like my brother, I'm still praying for my brother to be saved, but I haven't seen it happen yet. So I could have some assurance within from the Lord that he'll be saved, but then start to question that after a while. Okay, it's been five years, been six years, seven years, 10 years, 15 years. He's still not saved. Lord, is this word true? Do you actually, are you actually doing this? Can I trust what you revealed to me within? Or maybe you get a speaking from the members of the body of Christ, someone mm-hmm share something with you. They were in their spirit. They had the Lord speaking and they imparted that into you, but you don't see it fulfilled right away. It seems like the environment, that person or that place or these things, they're not lining up with what God Mm -hmm. was speaking. 
this just, Joseph helps us realize we can still have faith. Have faith in the Lord's word. Have faith to what he's speaking within you. Have faith in what he's speaking through the body of Christ. Because even if the environment doesn't line up right now, it may mm-hmm. just mean it's just not the time. Mm-hmm. The Lord will open that door when it's the right time. Yeah. Actually, that, that kind of goes with another verse in Genesis, which we see with Joseph. And again, it's speaking to his brothers, because this wasn't the only... I mean, they kept bringing up, like they were fearful of what he would do to them. And another one was, it's in 50, Genesis 50, 20. Even though you intended evil against me, God intended it for good to do as it is this day to preserve alive a numerous people. And so, yeah, so his brothers intended evil against him. But the way he even realized it, he says, God intended evil. It, exactly everything you did for good. So God used the environment. He used everything you did for good. And he fully realized, okay, this is God's, you know, this was God's doing. This was God's speaking to me the whole way. Now, whether he realized that fully while he was going through it, we, we're, not, we're not clear. And it's the same in our case. Sometimes we go through things, kind of as you were sharing, we go through things or bad things or hard things. And we're like, God, you know, are are you in? What, what's why is this happening to me? And we might be struggling with it. But I know for myself, many times it's it's like retrospectively. It's like after the fact. I've already passed through the situation, and I can look back and be like, Whoa, God, you you were in that. You were preserving me, or you were you protected me from going that way. Or maybe I really wanted that job. I, I prayed. I, I was desperate for that job, that job. And then you closed the door on me. I wanted that job, but you closed the door. But then I look back and I'm like, thank you. You closed it. That was because I wanted, you know, I wanted God's speak. I wanted him. And his speaking was close this door. But I didn't maybe realize it at the time. Wow, this was God's speaking. This was God's leading. This was God's care for me and it was for good but at the time my understanding of the situation would be like well this is not what i wanted this is this or this is not the timing or this is not the way that i i wanted this to happen i just thought about my own experience too kind of similar i was raised christian and i got saved probably when i was 12 and then i really started to love the lord my freshman year but i my heart was still wrapped up in a lot of other things and was involved in a few different organizations on campus, and one of those organizations involved a lot of partying. So I was in the party scene, and it just seemed like the Lord never allowed me to just fully be what the others were. Something within me was always protesting. Like, I just want to be like all these other people. I just want to do what they do. I just want to have the college experience. I, you know, I don't want to be bothered about this activity and and this thing or these words that I'm saying. But the Lord is always like, "Eh, eh," like an alarm just going off all the time. Like sometimes frustrated, like, Lord, why can't I just, I mean, I don't know. Looking back, I don't know how many conversations I had with the Lord about these things. I think mainly I just had this feeling like, what am I doing here? Why, why am I at this place, you know, with these people? But it's just the Lord's mercy speaking through the environment, like, hey, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to let you enjoy all of this worldly stuff like everybody else can. Maybe them, they can enjoy it fully, but you, I'm not going to let you because I care about you to that extent. I'm going to shut down your ability to, to engage in these things. And, and now looking back, I can just worship the Lord and thank him because I really did intend Sometimes I intended for evil, but the Lord turned it out for good. Like the mm-hmm. Lord just had that much mercy on me. And we can just thank the Lord when he shuts certain doors in our environment and he opens others. These things are to direct us back to him, to cause mm-hmm. us to enjoy him as our life and be recovered back to his purpose. Yeah, that's a good point that you even shared there because in in God's all of God speaking to us and everything he does, it, it reveals something of who he is, his heart, his purpose, his attributes, the kind of God that we, we have, that we serve, we love. This is our God, but his speaking always reveals something of that. And even his speaking in the environment, this, this was with Joseph, this, his environmental situation wasn't Joseph, I don't love you. All this was was a, a love and care for Joseph and for God's purpose. He wanted to preserve life, and he wanted to use Joseph for that. But this was the course that he had to take Joseph through, and even in a way that he could turn around and care for his brothers. At the beginning, he couldn't care for his brothers. His brothers just hated him. But at the end, at the end, after he had went through all this, and his brothers had went through stuff because of this, he could then care for his brothers. And so this, just in God's wisdom, in his multifarious wisdom, fully expressed his wisdom, but his love and his care for his people, for to preserve life, to bring in life, and also to bring Joseph to a point and to care for his family. And so it's just this is helpful for us to recognize with with God speaking, just the God that we have and His speaking to us, even through the environment. It reveals who He is in His heart. But sometimes we cannot be so clear about that, and when in the midst of it, it can be frustrating to us. And I guess even to give an example, like I do, I have a I have a son who's just slightly over one year old now. But one of the way you could say we speak to him in his environment is we put child locks on all the cabinets and all the places he's not supposed to go into. And we don't, he's not even at a full age yet where he can fully comprehend our speaking in other ways like, hey, don't go into there because if you go into the sink, there could be poison, there can be chemicals there that could hurt you. And we love him and we want to preserve him. But our way is put child locks on these things that we don't want him to get into because we care about him. But he gets up and he wants to open those cabinet doors and he's, he's met with resistance. He met, he's met with a locked door, a shut door that he can't open no matter how much he pulls because it has a lock on it. So that was our way in a sense of caring for our son through his environment that we pre- we prepare it in a certain way out of love for him. In the same way, God arranges things in, you know, all in all of our lives in different situations. 
but maybe where we are, even in our Christian walk with the Lord, sometimes when we're going through it, like we shared, we might not realize how God is caring for us and how God is, even this environment is, is for a purpose and, and is according to who he is. I really like that example you just shared of you and your son, Logan, because, you know, if, if you imagine like that he would pray, you know, to you guys, maybe he would say, I'll come, or if he just would speak, maybe I shouldn't use the word pray. Maybe I'll just say, if he, if he were to speak to you guys, he might say, well, you don't, you don't answer me. You don't have my best interest in mind. See, look, I want to go inside this cabinet and you just keep shutting this door. I don't understand what's wrong. Why don't you answer me? Or maybe he cries or something like that. And then you as the parents, though, you say, you're so limited in your understanding. You don't know what's behind that. You don't know what that can do to you. And I do love you. And I do want to work this out for good for you. And that's why I'm shutting this door. But the Lord is like that in our environment all the time. We may mm-hmm. feel that our prayers are not being answered or that God is not speaking or that God's heart is not good toward us. And there's an enemy who's always accusing God and saying, look, God is withholding something from you. He doesn't want you to have what you want. But God is so merciful to prevent us from going into things that we should not mm-hmm. go into. And he's so faithful to give us everything that we need, even if it seems like we're not getting what we need. So it's such a a wonderful takeaway we can have from this episode that God is over everything in our life to fulfill his purpose, to take care of our best interest, and to cause us to know him in a deeper way. Yeah. And I, I think it's very helpful just even practically for us as Christians when we go through things. I mean, good things, bad things, hard things, just in our life, because we do and we will. But that we could, as we're going through it, we're, when we're in it, we would bring it to the Lord in prayer and just open to Him. And just, Lord, are you are you trying to speak to me? In some? And just, if we... If we are just going through it oblivious, like, well, this is bad luck. This is bad. Or we go through it in an angry way. Oh, why? You know, but if we would just bring it before the Lord in prayer, Lord, I just open this to you. Lord, I, I did really want this. And it seems like now the door is shut. I, I can't go that way. Or why is this situation coming upon me? Lord, I just open to you. Lord, would you, at, would you provide any more light? any more further speaking, even maybe personally to me, or maybe you're going through something in your environment and all these other forms that we brought in of God speaking, maybe it's a good time to go to God's word, to have this personal time with the Lord or to fellowship with other members of the body. And maybe that environmental situation is one form of speaking, but that it gets clearer what maybe what God is doing or further light revelation in that situation as we pray, as we open to the other members, as we're in his word, there might be a further, okay, I, I understand. And, you know, instead of maybe being frustrated or angry with God, maybe we're really helped, you know, as we go through that situation. It's so comforting and assuring the the interrelatedness of all these different ways. God is really working to speak to us at all times through the word, through the, as the spirit, through the believers and in our environment. So 
as we uh, go ahead, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode and let's just do our best to stay open to the Lord, keep inviting him in to everything that we're going through. And we'll see him more and more all the different ways God wants to reveal his word to us. So thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard and would like to hear more, please like, share, subscribe to, and review this podcast. And we'll see you for the next episode. Mm-hmm.